Hey, my name is Jason. I'm the producer of It Starts With Attraction. I wanted to let you know that we have a brand new website solely dedicated to working on your pies. Introducing ItStartsWithAttraction.com. You can listen to every episode, learn about the pies, and sign up for our weekly newsletter. Go to ItStartsWithAttraction.com. It starts with attraction, one word. It starts with attraction.com to get signed up today. There's a process to falling in love, and it starts with attraction. Join Kimberly Beam Holmes and her special guests as they discuss how to become the most attractive you can be physically, intellectually, emotionally, and spiritually, or as we refer to it, working on your pies. We'll teach you how to have better relationships and become more attractive to others, and maybe more importantly, to yourself. It starts with attraction, and it starts now. Here is the thing, the physical part of attraction. You can start making some huge gains in yourself, in your self-confidence, in your self-esteem, in your self-worth. Those are three different things. I have been researching it for two years at this point, and it's part of my PhD dissertation. But when it comes to the physical part of attraction, it's not the most important part. But it is the part that we can get under control, so to say, the quickest, and we can begin to see increases in our self-esteem and our confidence levels because of the changes we begin to see in ourselves physically. And remember, we talk in the course about how physical attraction isn't about looks. Yes, there is a looks component to it, but it's more about how do I feel? Because if I don't feel good physically, If I lack energy, if I am not getting good sleep, if I feel like crap every time I eat, that's going to come out. That's going to come out in our relationships. It's going to demotivate us when it comes to working on that intellectual attraction. It's going to hurt our progress in being able to be patient because when we're irritated, because we're too stressed out and we're getting crappy sleep and we're drinking too much coffee and we're eating too many carbs when, and we're just, and we become more irritated then, or we become more lethargic then that go, that has a domino effect on the other area of your pies. So I love the vulnerability. Someone posted and said, I started with emotional and you did my favorite emoji, the eek, I call it my eek emoji. Yeah. That's okay. Here's the thing. That's okay. Many of you gravitated towards that part of the Your Best Self course that you knew that you were struggling with the most, and that's where you wanted to start. But I'm telling you, these build on each other. So my encouragement is that you go back and you start with the physical part of attraction. Now, listen, I developed this course from the ground up. I, and so I am very biased when I say I created it to be done in order. That is how it's built. It's how it was meant to be consumed. It's the, the learning part of it. You're meant to go through it, starting with physical, starting with the first video in physical and everything builds and crescendos from there until the last video of spiritual attraction. So that's the way it's designed. So I would suggest that you go through it in that way. But here is my only caveat. If you are just sitting there saying, I am not going to do it. I like, I am not going to watch 
physical attraction, or I'm not going to do intellectual attraction. You just have, there's something in your body or in your spirit that is just averse to that right now. Then start where you feel most comfortable because I would rather you do something. I'd rather you start somewhere than to not start at all, because maybe you have just a lot of emotions around the physical part of attraction. Maybe you deal with body image issues or have dealt with things like that in the past. You feel like it might be a trigger, whatever that might be, then okay. Maybe you don't start there, but realize it was built to be that way. And I would encourage you as soon as you're able, as soon as you're ready to go back and do that part of it. So the order I would say, just to make it clear, physical attraction is the first one you should start with. Intellectual attraction follows that. Emotional attraction is the third one to focus on. And spiritual attraction is the fourth one. It follows the concept of pies, if you haven't noticed that yet. So the principles that we teach at Marriage Helper about how we fall in love, how we stay in love, how we grow in love is called the love path. And the very first step of the love path is attraction, which is where the concept of pies fits in. Attraction is what leads us to want to move closer to another person. And that isn't only true in our romantic relationships. It's also true in any relationship that we have, including our relationship with ourself. So there is an extent to which I need to be attracted to myself, that I need to have self-respect, that I need to have a healthy body image, that I need to have self-esteem, right? All of these are healthy parts of, of ourselves. And so when we work on these pies, we call them the pies of attraction. They are the four areas in which we become the most attractive. They're the four areas of attraction. And by working on these four areas of attraction, you can become more attractive to yourself, which basically means you can increase your levels of self-esteem and feelings of self-worth. But also the secondary benefit you get is that people are more attracted to you. So this is healthy for our marriages, right? Or or romantic relationships that we have. We want our romantic spouse or our romantic partners, our spouse, a boyfriend, girlfriend, for those of you who may have gotten the course and aren't married, then we want those people to be romantically attracted to us. But I don't know about you, but I want my kids to be attracted to me. I want them to be, to want to be around me because attraction isn't just about that romantic part of it. Attraction is true in every relationship that we have in our lives. It's true about my relationship with my sister, with my kids, with my husband, with my coworkers, with my next door neighbor. There's a level to which attraction fits into those relationships. And so everything we learn in the Your Best Self course, and one of the reasons I love it so much, I'm biased clearly, but one of the reasons I love it so much is because it takes the focus off of the relationships that aren't going well right now in your life. And it puts the focus on you and what you can do for if anything works, this will in order to have stronger relationships in your life. So yes, the first one to go through is that physical attraction. So think of the word pies and marriage helper. We talk a lot about the pies, just owning the your best self course, isn't going to change anything. 
just watching the videos, well, that's a great next step, a great first step. It's not going to actually lead to the change and transformation. It's actually starting to implement some of the things that we teach in that course. That is what will lead to the change in your life. Kimberly, uh, there's a good question yeah. in the Q&A section tab. Uh, okay. He says, Ooh. in the past, I've, I've walked for exercise, but the motivation has been to release stress. When the stress is gone, the walking routine fizzles uh fizzles quickly. What suggestions do you have to shift the why behind the exercise? Ooh, really great question. So you originally said, I just found the question that the motivation was to release stress. So first of all, good on you. If you're able to get to a a part of your life or a season in your life where the stress has been reduced, what are some other things that are important to you? So it could be, you know, and, and don't just think about that, the short term payoff of what the walking does, you know, in the moment it can help release stress for that day. And maybe the next day it helps to release stress. And that's kind of more of an immediate payoff, but what go longer term than that. And maybe that longer term is, and I believe this was, her name was Deborah. Um, the longer term could be something like listen, I want to like, I want to be healthy enough to play with my grandkids when, as they get older or to, or I just want to be able to have like great joints and to be able to continue walking and doing a lot of active things. Right. For me, I love walking. It is the exercise I do every single day. And I don't like, I do run, but I'm not really a runner. I'm a walker. I'm a hiker. And so some of my motivation behind walking is I like I want to keep this habit up so that I continue to be active into my 70s and 80s. And I know that this is really great for the joints. It's really low, uh, what do they call it? Low impact and all of those things. But the other thing is it's my time. I've made it my special time. I've made it my time to be able to put in a podcast or listen to my Pandora playlist and just be alone because that's the season of life I'm in. When I'm at home, it's crazy. My kids are crazy. My husband is amazed. Like life is fun, sometimes stressful at home, but being able to go out and go on a walk is my time to do some of the things. The other thing that you may want to consider is what's called habit pairing. And so in this, if you say, listen, like I, there is a podcast or YouTube channel that I listen to on a regular basis. I'm already in the habit of doing that. Then maybe you say, I'm going to pair doing that thing with this other thing I want to keep doing, like exercise. So I'm only going to listen to this podcast or watch these YouTube videos or go through the pies course when I'm walking. And so then you begin to pair the two habits together. But those are some ways to think about it. So the first thing I said was start with that why and make it a longer term why, a bigger reason of why you want to be doing the exercise. The other thing I would add in here that I would ask you is, is walking something you like to do. It's something I like to do. But just like any exercise, you should pick the one that you like to do. And maybe there's seasons of your life where you're like, you know what, for this season, Walking is not really my thing, but I want to try something new. Maybe you're the kind of person that just, that needs to change up the routine. And that is what will keep you more focused on working out. It's not necessarily what you do when you work out. It's just having that time that you're going to work out. And maybe you change what you do in that time. So start with the why do the things that are enjoyable to you 
and try habit pairing as a way to keep you focused? Great question. I see another one in the in the Q&A. It says, how can I stay focused on the positive relationship with myself? I'm in a difficult situation with my husband. He left me having an affair. I use smart contact, but I see that I have problems to change my focus from him to me. That is a great question. And we're going to focus on that a little bit more when we get into the intellectual toolkit, into the intellectual part of this series, because it's really going to focus. There's a section in there that talks about overcoming negative thoughts and being able to to use, um, to focus your mind more on the things that you want them to be focused on. I will say this, there's no magic pill. There's no magic answer that's going to just automatically help you to shift your focus and for it to stay shifted and you're going to be happy and good to go. I will tell you that in seasons of my life where I have been the most uh, anxious and many of you know, especially if you listen to my podcast or heard me talk before that I have struggled with general anxiety disorders since I was six years old. So anxious thoughts and intrusive negative thoughts are are thing that I've experienced that pretty much my whole life. And I have to actively, actively do things to try and replace my thoughts and change my focus. So some things that have worked for me are what is something I can learn, right? What are, you know, what, that's why I love podcasts. Like I'll, I'll pop in my headphones and try and learn something new that gets my focus off of the things I can't control. Or who is a person that I can go to for comfort and support right now? The the person who is the best at calming me down is my dad. I can call him with all my crazy fears and he just has a, a, he knows how to soothe me. Who could that be in your life that helps to soothe you and that can help you learn to start soothing yourself? Another thing that I do is um, I will repeat, this was ha- this happened to me just the other day. I will repeat the phrase, whatever is true, whatever is praiseworthy, whatever is good. And just remind myself, like, I have to think of the good things. I have to think of the good things. And so when I can't think of good things, I will find good things. I will find verses for me. That's very helpful. Uh, Bible verses that are just encouraging that are, that put my mind back in the right place. I will pray to help change that focus for me. Um, And then also I'll try and do something that gets my, gets my mind off of me going and serving, going and volunteering, calling a friend that I know is going through a hard time. We talk about that in spiritual attraction in the, in the fourth week of this course. But for now, those are some things that you can do to change the focus from him and back to you. Another thing that we talk about at some point in the course, I don't know if y'all have listened to it yet or not, but it's the three good things. When you focus on gratitude, it can really help to actually rewire the neurotransmitters in your brain and the neuroplasticity, uh, kind of the, the, the pathways in your brain that, that are constantly firing negative. When you consciously shift them to gratitude, it begins to to create new neural pathways, different neurons fire together. And the more you do that, the more likely they are to fire together in that new, more positive way over time, which is fascinating. How can I keep up motivation? I also want to quit smoking, but it seems like I have so much to change. The best way to start 
when you are starting and trying to get motivated is to really set that small goal. The book Atomic Habits by James Clear is amazing. And I love what he says in one of the first chapters. He says, if someone is wanting to start a goal, it's not about changing 100% over a year. It's about changing 1% day over day, week over week, month over month. And over time, those small 1% changes over time end up becoming huge changes and it helps you to be more consistent. So one of the things that he talks about is uh, a person who was trying to start running and that, and that person for the first couple of days, they just would set their shoes out. Like that was their step. That was their step towards starting to go running again, starting to go back to the gym. It was going to the gym and that would be it. And once they did that and they were like, all right, I did it. I did my goal. Then the next day they would just put the shoes on and walk out the door. And he kind of goes through this progression of then they would just show up at the gym and they wouldn't work out, but they would just say, I'm just going to show up and stay for five minutes. And then after a couple of days of that, it's, I'm just going to work out for five minutes. I'm just going to work out for 15 minutes until it became a habit. Because the thing is, if you set a goal, that's too big. If that person who went from never going to the gym, maybe not even ever working out to all of a sudden they're saying tomorrow, I'm going to be in the gym five days a week. I'm going to work out for an hour while I'm there. It's too much. And you set yourself up for failure. And when we look at the research on motivation and goal attainment, which is the other part of my dissertation that I'm working on from my PhD program, we see that goal attainment is more likely to happen it has a snowball effect. So a previous a, a previously attained goal has a higher likelihood that the person will, number one, be more motivated to continue in what they're doing and to set new goals, but also, number two, that they're more likely to attain those goals. So you need to set it at the most realistic place possible at first. So break down, let's take the quit smoking, break it down to the smallest habit you can at first. Maybe it's you, you cut down the amount you're smoking every day, right? Maybe if it's two packs a day, you're going to go down to a pack and a half a day and do that for a while until you go down to a pack a day. Now I want everyone to know I am not a doctor. So run everything by a, a registered medical doctor. Even when I get my doctor, I'm not a medical doctor. So, uh, but that's the mindset you want to have until you get to a place where you feel more confident. And then you're able to maybe, you know, do the patch and do maybe get into some kind of support group and accountability program um, and all of those things, right? The other thing when it comes to staying motivated for something, another tip that I'll give all of you is um, it kind of goes back to what I was saying before about habit pairing, but it's also like when, um, switching. So if you're already in the habit of, uh, you know, I, I, again, staying with the smoking example, or well, also maybe we can use a drinking example because that can, some people may be able to uh, relate to that. So maybe I'm trying to cut back on drinking and there's a ton of reasons to cut back on drinking that affects your physical health, which I did not include in the, your best self course. But if anyone wants to know, I'm happy to speak on that as well. 
Um, but maybe you're saying like, I just want to cut back on my drinking, but I'm triggered to use that word. I'm triggered to drink on Friday nights when I go out with friends, but I don't want to stop going out with friends. Then you can use the, the trick, so to say of habit swapping. So I used to go out with friends and drink, but now I still want to go out with friends, but I'm going to want to drink if I'm there. So what can I swap that habit with? What is something else that I could drink that would still satisfy me, help me have a good time, but wouldn't leave me feeling so gross and nasty and hungover the next day, right? So you start swapping some habits. So you still do the things that you used to do. So back to that smoking, maybe you have enjoyed the camaraderie you have at work when you take smoke breaks with other people and you're talking to them. Well, you're probably not going to be able for a while to go out and be around that because the temptation would be too high. But how can you replicate that, make a new habit of maybe going outside a separate area at work um, and taking a friend and you're just talking and you're maybe you're doing something else out there while, while you're talking because you're used to, to having something in your hands and, and doing something. So those are just some ideas to help with uh, keeping motivation up. Do what you can do. Do what you can do. Start small. Next week, I am going to ask you, what is something you did this past week? What is a habit that you started? Tell me about it. Tell me about your experience. Tell me about the habit and, and the small step that you took and how you feel about it. So you be ready. You be ready next week to answer that question. Until then, I hope this has been helpful. I have enjoyed my time with you. Goodbye, everyone.